Well, I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Jonah. See if you can find Jonah in the Old Testament. You might have to look in the book of con- in the table of contents because it's short, really short. Four chapters. Uh, in my Bible, it's two pages. So see if you can find Jonah. We're going to look at chapter 2. We're going to read his prayer. And uh, we're going to learn about a sacrifice of thanksgiving this morning. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. While you're looking there to find Jonah, I want to tell you a couple of stories some things that will help you. So a Scottish minister named Alexander White was known for his uplifting prayers and him giving thanks all the time. He was just a guy that loved to be grateful and give thanks to the Lord. Well, one morning was gloomy. All right, it was just gloomy. You know how it is when it gets overcast sometimes. It just seems like it'll never let up. It's been raining for weeks on end. Yep, winter's coming in the south. We're going to have some of that. It was one of those mornings... And one of the deacons was there, and and he was thinking to himself, he said, what in the world is this preacher going to be able to say good about today? Because he's always saying thank you to God for something for every day. And the preacher got into the pulpit, and he prayed his prayer of opening the service, and he said, and thank you, God, that not every day is like today. Because you can find something to be thankful for in the gloomiest and discouraging most discouraging of days. So, let me give you another example of that. In Budapest, a man went to his rabbi and complained. And he said, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. Nine of us living in one room. And the rabbi answered him and said, take your goat into the house with you and come and see me in one week. At the end of that week, he came back, and the man said, I am pulling my hair out. I cannot take this anymore. The goat is filthy. The house is unbearable. Our life is so miserable. And the rabbi said, go home and put the goat out in the pasture and come back and see me in a week. And a week later, the man came back radiant, glowing, with a smile on his face, and he said, life is beautiful We enjoy every moment of it now that there's no goat, just us living in the house. Sometimes all it takes is a little fresh perspective that you could say, man, life's miserable. There's nothing to be thankful for. Well, at least you're not living with a goat. And before you elbow somebody next to you, recognize we're not living with an actual goat, okay? (laughs) Because we don't need to pick on each other about these things. But there are things we can find a way to be thankful in the midst of the most discouraging or frustrating of times. One more story, and I thought it was kind of fascinating uh, to think about this. And a man was saying that if he gave you a, a bowl of sand, and he said, now, in this bowl of sand, there are actually some, some metallic uh, shavings. They're worth money. They're valuable. And you run your fingers through the sand, and you can't see them, because they're just, they're just little shavings. They're just minuscule. It's kind of like when you go out, I don't know if you've ever done any panning for gold. I've, I've done that out in California before, and you're like looking through it, and you're like, all I see is a bunch of pebbles and sand. I don't see anything valuable. And so you paw your hand through there, and he said, but you know, what if you had something kind of like a magnet? Obviously, we know gold isn't attracted by a magnet, but let's just go with the story here. He says, what if you had something that, uh, that acted like a magnet, that if you were to wave it over that bowl of sand, it would pull all of those shavings, all of that precious metal out of the sand, and then the sand would be left, but what you would have would be that precious metal. 
And he said, so often in our lives, we look at our life and all we see is the sand, the things that seem to be meaningless, the things that don't seem to do anything but take up space, take up time. But if we had a way of lifting out of that the things that were valuable, we would find there's a lot to be thankful for. And so I hope you're not living with a goat, but there's things to be thankful for in your life. And I hope that you can say more than I'm glad it's not like this every day. But I want you to look at it through even Jonah's life about the things we can be thankful for and how we can give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So, Jonah chapter 2, he's in the belly of the fish. And from the stomach of the fish, this is his prayer to the Lord in in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish and he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the current engulfed me, and all your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. And water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountain. The earth was its bars with, with its bars were around me forever, but you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. And then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah up. Onto dry land. Thank you, Lord, that we aren't in the belly of a fish right now. Thank you, Lord, that in the middle of the most difficult circumstances of life, there are blessings, precious, beautiful blessings, promises from you, ways that you have declared that you will see us through. You will help us out and you will make it possible for us to not only survive, but to thrive. Help us, Lord, to see what you are doing. And when we can't see, to keep giving thanks and praise nonetheless. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to look here at Jonah's story and see what we can do from this. So what do you do when you don't want to? Can you imagine that maybe Jonah in the belly of the fish didn't want to give thanks and praise? I don't think it's a hard thing for us to imagine that he was in the belly of the fish. I, I don't think it would be hard for us to think he's probably grumpy. And probably a little bit upset. God, how come you put me down here? First you told me to go to Nineveh, and I'm not going there. And then I got on that boat, and then you sent the storm, and I got seasick, and all those people got mad at me, and now you threw me into the, into the drink, and now I've been swallowed by the fish. And you could imagine he could be grumpy. He could be complaining. He could be telling God everything that's wrong with life. Thankfully, He saw the error of his ways and he actually confessed. He didn't do all the complaining, or at least not to be not what's recorded. I'm sure he complained at some point. But but in this place, he's praying and he's saying, God help me. And when you help me, I know it'll be because of your grace. And I'll give thanks to you, Lord, and I'll obey you. So what do you and I do when we don't want to? So I'm going to give you some examples of of those types of things and um Preacher was going to church one Sunday morning. He was actually walking to church. And as he was walking to church, then a church member come up next to him. And the church member said something like we already heard about the other church member. And he says, oh, 
This weather, it's so bad. It's terrible. It's freezing out here. I don't know where that came from. It's freezing out here. And the pastor said, actually, I was just thinking how good God is. And the church member looks at him. He's like, what do you mean? He said, I was thinking how God is so faithful to keep his word. And he said, because did you know that over 3,000 years ago, God said that never until the earth came to a final end, never would heat or cold cease while on the earth. Until the end of time, heat and cold would remain on the earth forevermore. It's in Genesis. And he said, and I was just thanking God for the reminder of this cold, reminding me that God keeps his promises. Heat and cold, the seasons, summer and winter, fall and spring will never cease as long as the earth exists. So what do you do when you don't want to give thanks, when you don't want to praise, when you don't want to do certain things? According to Jonah's scripture, the, the scripture here in Jonah, it says, I will sacrifice. So, verse 9, I will sacrifice to you. So, when you want to yell at them, and you don't want to hold your tongue, with Jonah's words, I will sacrifice. I will give something up in order to do what is right. In order to do what is holy. When you want to have what they have and you don't want to resist jealousy. Man, I want that job. Oh, I want that car. I want that, what they've got. And you don't want to resist it. But instead, you sacrifice. You give up what you want in order for something that you know is right and true. Jonah says, I will sacrifice to you, Lord. Think about this. When you want to have something, no matter the cost, and you don't care the consequences, you just want it, but instead you choose to sacrifice because you want to honor the Lord and to do what is right. Think about this. When you want to complain and you don't want to be thankful, what do you do? You make a sacrifice of giving up the complaint in order to take on what's thankful. I think it's really funny, though, that we would call it a sacrifice because really, we're giving up the negative things. We're giving up the things that are hurtful and harmful, and we're taking on the things that are beautiful and glorious and helpful. But for some reason, it's like, I just, I know that's bad for me, but I really want it. I know that'll hurt me, but I really want it. I don't know why, but sometimes it seems to be that it's easier for us to give up other sins than to give up the sin of complaining. It's like, you know what, God? I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I help people, and I'm nice to mean people. You know what? The least you can let me do is have a little grumpy session every now and again. But the thing of it is, is that we are to sacrifice. As Jonah's words say, we are to sacrifice in order to be thankful in the face of it. So remember this, a couple of scriptures. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. So when you're tempted to, to do something, say something, pursue something that you know is not pleasing to him, and you might be like Jonah where you just don't want to, but you make a sacrifice and you say, you know what, I'm going to give up that over there because I'm going to take on something better. I'm going to receive from the Lord a thankful heart, a grateful heart. So Philippians 2, 14 through 16, do all things without grumbling or disputing so you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. So what do you do when you don't want to? To do it, you, give it, you make a sacrifice because sacrifices are pleasing to the Lord. I think that sacrifice is one of the most powerful ways to demonstrate love, right? I think it's really awesome 
when my wife lets me have the last piece of chocolate cake. Or she'll cut uh, something in half that we're splitting and she gives me the bigger half. You know, she intentionally makes one smaller and one, and she gives me the other part. She'll even give me something that, that she wants, but she sacrifices it in order to honor me. I am amazed by that all the time and the love that that shows. When, when Jonah says, I'm going to sacrifice, it's a way of showing love to the Lord. When we sacrifice the Lord, it's a way of saying, you know what? Even though I don't want to, I have a deeper thing that I want to see done. I have this little want of something that's selfish or sinful, but I have this bigger want of, God, I want to honor you. So number two, give thanks to the Lord in the midst of it. In the midst of life, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of whatever's going on. So verse 9, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. So we sacrifice to the Lord with a voice of thanksgiving. We actually say, thank you God that you're here with me. Thank you God that you're faithful to who you say you are. Thank you God that you're bringing your word to pass. So this week, I can promise you there's going to be some time where you're frustrated something isn't perfect and you can choose to respond in a way that is maybe more natural or more in line with the things you've done in the past or instead you can say thank you God that you're here with me thank you God that it's not always as hard as this thank you God that you're faithful to your word thank you that you are bringing it to pass thank you that you are working in me thank you Lord that you are watching over this whole situation and watch how your attitude and your perspective begins to change because you're giving thanks to God in the middle of all of the things that are so difficult so here's something I want you to think about a kind uncle had gone to Paris, and he came back from Paris, and on the way back, he had picked up a, a beautiful a French doll, a French-made doll, and he brought it to his niece, and he gave it to his niece. She loved it. She's gleaming. She's just beaming all over, and this is awesome, and she runs in to show her mom, look what uncle got for me. Look what uncle got for me, and she said, did you thank your uncle for giving it, and she said, well, yes, mama. I just didn't tell him so. Because sometimes we know that there's thankfulness in our hearts and yet for some reason it hasn't come out of our mouths. And it's interesting that God knew that that would be the case and so in Hosea 14.2, God actually says to us, take words with you and return to the Lord. Take words with you and return to the Lord and say, here I am, Lord. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being for me. Thank you for the gifts that you've given. Sometimes we're... We've got this beaming in our hearts and we can't get it out our lips. I think it's because sometimes pride gets in the way, right? Pride gets in the way, fear gets in the way, and we don't say, I love you, or we don't say, I forgive you, or we don't say, please forgive me, and we don't say, I thank you, because of pride or fear or some other thing. But if we will just give thanks to God with our voice, if we will verbalize it to him, Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be careful to do everything written in it. You'll be prosperous and successful. When we keep the word of God on our lips, you will be thankful. Because you're going to be speaking his words, which are things that say, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not forsake you. He does not forget you. He does not fail you. He does not leave you. He is faithful to the end. When you keep his words on your lips, you will begin to see thanksgiving welling up in your heart. Sometimes you're going to say something and your feelings are going to disagree. But you know that his word is true and your feelings are fleeting. 
So it should ever be on your lips. Like Psalm 107.22 says, Let us also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. So let's practice. Let's tell of his works with joyful singing. Somebody go ahead and say out loud something you are thankful for that you know the Lord's given you. Something you're thankful for. This church. Mom, good. Family, amen. Something you're thankful for. Friends, good. Two more. Health, amen. And what was that? Grace. Grace, grace. God's grace, greater than all of our sin. We need to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Sometimes when we give thanks, it costs us something, right? It costs us humbling ourselves. It costs us time and energy. Uh, you know, I was always bad as a kid at writing out those thank you notes that mom said I needed to write out. I love writing them out now. It, it, to me, it's a blessing and a privilege to write thank you notes to people and just tell them what they mean to me. But if we don't ever speak it, if we always keep it in, we're robbing them and ourselves and the Lord from the opportunity for there to be a blessing that goes forth. I want you to think about one more thing before we move on to point three. And this one, we're going to sit here just for a minute. But we need to live out our thankfulness, not only with our words, but also with our actions. So Jeremiah 17 says that the people will come from all over, different places, and they will come to Jerusalem, and they will not only bring their words, but they'll actually bring a sacrifice. They'll do something with their lives, right? So sometimes we can say, I love you, and yet the, the words by themselves may ring empty if it's not backed up by a life of I love you. So we may say to God, I thank you, but it's kind of an empty promise to the Lord if we're not actually giving him thanks with how we live our life. Now, so I want you to think about this. I want you to write it down if you're taking notes. Um, what you are thankful for, you will treasure. What you are thankful for, you will treasure. And here's where I want to ask you some questions, because if we treasure it, that means we don't only speak about it, but we do something with it. Are you thankful for your kids? Do you treasure them? How would you treasure your children? How do you show them that they are precious to you? More precious than anything else on this earth, right? Do you tre treasure your spouse? Because if you're thankful for them, you will treasure them. Think about this. Somebody, your friend, loans you their house. They're away on a two-year-long trip around the world doing whatever. They've got their mansion in the Hamptons, and they said, stay there. Whatever you want, just stay there. Enjoy it. And they come back two years later, and it's a dump. You've destroyed it. You've never taken any care of it. Everything's peeling and fading and falling apart and, and, and broken and smashed in. And they were like, I thought you appreciated what I gave you. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I just soaked it all up. No, Now, wait a minute. I think we misunderstand Thanksgiving if, if Thanksgiving isn't lived with a life of treasuring what we've been given. If we're really thankful for it, we will treasure it, value it, take care of it, honor it. So I want you to think about this. I'm going to give you some more examples your material possessions. Are you thankful for those material possessions? Are they in a junk closet somewhere, falling apart into disrepair and hadn't been seen in years and who knows if they work, who knows what's in there? How thankful are we if we aren't treasuring those? If we aren't treasuring them to such a point that they're being used to help people, 
used to give God glory and honor. Our, kids are in here today, Family Sunday. Kids, are you, are you thankful for your uh, vegetables? No, we're probably not, right? Because vegetables, goodness gracious, guess what? Without vegetables, you would be in the hospital. Without vegetables and fruits, without protein, without those things that you don't like the taste of, but it nourishes your body, you would be in a place that is very unhealthy, right? We need to learn to be thankful for things, and if we are truly thankful, adults, if we're truly thankful for our vegetables, we ought to treasure them, take care of them, value them, and put them in their right place. Because we may say, thank you, God, for giving me health in my body. And he says, I'm trying to give you health in your body, but you're not taking care of it. You're not feeding your body properly. You're not resting your body properly. You're not exercising your body properly. You say you're thankful for it, but you're not treasuring it. Because what you're thankful for, you will treasure. Let me give you, let me give you three more things. No, four more. Are you thankful for that surgery? No, I'm not thankful for surgery. It hurts. Then there's recovery. And then there's the fact that I was sick in the first place. Well, if we're not thankful for surgery, what's the alternative? Surgery or die. <laughs> surgery or lose an arm. Surgery or we need to be thankful. And you say, well, I don't know if I'm thankful for surgery. I'm just glad we kind of have it. No, we're thankful for it. Are you thankful for forgiveness? Because if we're thankful for it, we'll treasure it. And if we treasure it, that means that it's not kind of well, God forgives me, but I won't forgive you. If we're really thankful for forgiveness, if we really treasure forgiveness, then we'll be thankful for it from God and we'll be thankful for the opportunity to forgive others. The last two are purity and enemies. Are you thankful that God purifies your heart? Because Shelley challenged us as the Holy Spirit led her that if we say to God, I surrender all, but then tomorrow we don't surrender all, have we really been thankful for the purity and the what he did with our surrendering because we should treasure it if we do. Are you thankful for your enemies? No, I'm not thankful for my enemies. They're my enemies. I don't like them. Are you thankful for the opportunity to share grace and love and mercy? Are you thankful that when you were an enemy of Christ, he came to you? It needs to change our perspective. What we're thankful for, we treasure. So we give thanks to God in it with our voice and our actions. Point number three, follow through on your commitment to the Lord. Verse nine, Jonah, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. So in other words, if we say to God, I'll give you thanks as you deliver me through this. I'll give you praise. I'll honor you with my life. Then we need to follow through on that. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, Johnny Erickson Tata, she became the uh, quadriplegic when she dove and she hit her head on the bottom of the lake there. This is what she said about thanksgiving. She said, giving thanks is not a matter of feeling thankful. It's a matter of obedience. Can you imagine? There's probably many times she didn't feel thankful, but she chose to give God thanks anyway. Thank you, God, that I've seen your mercy in the middle of this crisis, in the middle of this pain, in the middle of whatever it is you've been there. Remember in Galatians 2.20 that you and I aren't supposed to live anymore? I'm crucified with Christ, so I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me, and Christ is going to live thankfully to the Father. He's always going to be grateful to the Father. 
So I want you to, to hear this. In early 1900s, true story, a policeman was walking his beat in Chicago when he observed a man standing on the street and the man had removed his hat and he would, thought he was looking a little strange because it looked like his lips were kind of moving. He's holding his hat, standing there in front of the building and his lips are moving. And the police officer, wondering if he's drunk or if he's crazy or if he's off his meds or whatever it is, he walks up to him and he says, what's the matter with you? Are you sick? And the man looked up and he said, no. He said, my name is Billy Sunday, and I was converted to Jesus Christ right here in this building. And I never pass this way without taking the opportunity, if possible, to stand quietly for a moment and give thanks to my God. Right? So, so we, we, we say, follow through on your commitment to the Lord. If you say, God, I thank you that you've saved me, and I'm going to live for you all of my days, then live for him all of your days. Live for him with all of your heart. Give to him thanks and praise with all of your being. Be ever grateful. And finally, point number four this morning, remember that all salvation and all good gifts are from the Lord. Again, verse 9, I will sacrifice to you, Lord, with the voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed I will pay, salvation, Lord, comes from you. Remember, if you've got any good things in your life, God gave them to you. Right? You didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We're not worthy of it. But He gave it to us as a gift of His grace. Salvation is from Him. It's kind of cool that Jonah knew his Bible because if you actually read the Bible, the book of Psalms in particular, Jonah had these things memorized. Because Psalm 50 verse 23, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and to him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of God. Jonah knew the Bible. When he's in the middle of the fish, he's praying a prayer that was actually Scripture. And so he was remembering that God had given him these good things and that God himself was the one who brings salvation. James 1.17, you probably know it, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of heavenly lights. Right? You've got good and perfect gifts that God's given you that you can treasure, that you can be thankful for. Someone said this, a person by the name of uh, Babcock said, Be on the lookout for mercies. The more we look for them, the more of them we will see. Blessings seem to brighten when we count them, and out of the determination of the heart, the eyes can see. I love this. If you want to be gloomy, there's gloom enough to keep you in the glum. And if you want to be glad, there's gleam enough to keep you glad. You better lose count in your enumerating your blessings than losing your blessings by mulling over your troubles. Right? And so, it's interesting because there was two people that were talking one night, actually in a, in, a, in a gathering of people. Somebody stood up and they just told all the things that were going wrong in their life. Everything that could possibly go wrong under the sun, it was there. And someone, after the, he heard him talking, said, You know, I see that our brother, who has just sat down, lives in Grumbling Street. I lived there myself for some time, but I never enjoyed good health. The air on Grumbling Street is bad. The houses are bad. The water's bad. The birds never come out and sing on the street. I was gloomy and sad enough, but finally I moved. I moved to Thanksgiving Street, and ever since then I've had good health, and so is my family. And the air is pure, and the water's good, and the houses are good, and the sun shines all the day, and the birds are singing, and I'm as happy as I could be. I would suggest to my brother, too, that he would move off of Grumbling Street to Thanksgiving Street. It's important for us to recognize that God has given us good gifts and that we thank Him when we don't want to, when we have these other desires, we thank Him anyway with the sacrifice of thanksgiving. One final thought this morning, and then we're going to pray. 
A true story about a gentleman who had cancer of the tongue. The doctor said to him, we're getting ready to go into surgery and I have to remove your entire tongue. It's the only way you're going to live. What do you want your final words in this life to be that you get to speak out loud? And he said, thank you God in Jesus Christ. And he went into surgery and those were the very last words he got to utter in this life. And he lived on earth. How hard would it be to not be able to say, I love you. Thank you, God. The cool thing is, is he was still living. He could still live it out, but he couldn't speak it. What are you doing with your words? What are you doing with your actions to give thanks to God? Are you going to follow Jonah's example? Sadly, Jonah didn't finish very well because then he still went on to complain afterwards. Kind of like us sometimes. I promise, God, I'll do better. Here's the thing. Our promises will fall empty without the strength of the Holy Spirit at work inside of us. And so we have to pray, Lord, help me to be thankful when I'm not feeling that way. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the promises. I thank you for the, the encouragement. I thank you for the, the, the correction that we get from your word. I thank you for your grace, God. Your grace that forgives us when we have grumbled and complained. I thank you, Lord, that when we have fallen down on our promises to you, your grace is there to pick us up, put us right back on the right path, God. God, I want to be thankful. I want to be grateful. I want to treasure what you've given to me. I want to honor, Lord, what you've given to me. And I want to honor you. Jesus, I pray that every one of us would practice giving thanks. We would practice living it out to you, Lord. We would practice coming to you to supply all that's needed, that we wouldn't try to get it on our own. We just want to be thankful, and we want to come to you. I pray for every person in this room. God, would you help us to choose thanksgiving, even when we don't feel like it. Put your Holy Spirit in us to an abundant measure, overflowing, so that we'll live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved, may God bless you and keep you. And in light of all of his good and gracious gifts, may you give him thanks and praise. Go with God and enjoy our fellowship together at the Thanksgiving meal. You are dismissed.